Two weeks ago, my wife and I went to the Ontario airport to climb on the plane at 11 o'clock in the morning so that we would arrive in Houston, Texas at a decent hour to be able to see our family. The plane was delayed five hours. There was a part on the plane that uh, was malfunctioning. They had to order the part. They had to be flown in. And then they had to put it all together, and there we sat. The good news was they allowed those who had connecting flights to get onto other flights, and we pretty well had the plane to ourselves. So that wasn't too bad. We did get to meet an interesting couple from Temecula. Uh, the five hours just went by like that because we had fun talking with each other and getting acquainted. Come find out they were going to the same area that we were going to, so we gave them a ride to their motel when we arrived in Texas, and uh, everything worked out. They want to see us again. Got them fooled. They think we're nice. But let me show to you why we wanted to go to Texas in June with all the humidity. There was our new little granddaughter we hadn't seen before. She's six months old, Hannah. Sweetest little thing. I could go into the other room and I could wave at Hannah who'd be in another room and she would just smile and bounce up and down and she was just all excited because her, her grandpa was there waving at her. She was a sweetheart, just a lovely little child. Oh, here's the other one. That's little Angelina. She's three years old, and she's a live wire. She didn't want her papa to get out of her eyesight. In fact, she wanted to get on the plane and fly back with us to come home. Uh, we had to try to talk her out of it, said that there wasn't enough seats on the plane for her to fly. She told me she'd stand. She'd like to do about anything to get back here. So we had fun. That's why we put up with the humidity in Texas. You know, there's something about the innocence of little children that just does something to your heart. And you look in their eyes, and they look up at you, and it just says not only that I love you, but I trust you. That element of trust is, is just there. They just radiate with that, with that love from within. And their little smiles, when they smile at you, just makes your day. They, they look to you as an adult, as someone to, to guide them, someone to be safe around, and someone to accept them as who they are. Well, tomorrow is Father's Day. And uh, it's a time that's set aside once a year to celebrate fatherhood. Traditionally, it's a, it's a time for dads to get gifts. The usual tie that you probably never wear, that you hang up in your closet. But it's the thought that counts. But I want to break that tradition, at least for this year if we could, of receiving, as dads receiving gifts from your children, whether they're young or whether they're old. I want you to go back and to do another tradition that was actually started way back in biblical times. 
a tradition that uh, meant a lot to the children. And it wasn't something that they gave you as a father. It's something that the father gave to them. It's something that is very important to them. It's something that's called a blessing. It's your blessing that is a gift that keeps on giving from generation to generation to generation. It's a gift that is sought after by children of all ages, whether young or whether they're old. What do I mean by that? Well, to give you an example, let's take a look at a biblical example of Isaac and in his two twin boys in Genesis 27, verses 1 through 10. Now, I've got it on the screen, but you can look it up if you want to. It says, Now it came about, when Isaac was old and his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he said to him, Here I am. And Isaac said, Behold now, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare a savory dish for me, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, so that my soul may bless you before I die. And Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for the game to bring home, Re- to, to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me two choice kids from there, that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. Notice the words blessings keep coming up. In Bible times, there were two types of blessings that can be bestowed upon the children. First was a blessing that was given to the firstborn male who was to carry on the name of the father, the responsibilities within the family. He was to receive the power and the wealth of the father. He was to become the leader of the family as well as the spiritual leader of the family. Now Esau was supposed to have received that blessing from his father, but Jacob and his mother desired to receive that blessing of power and of wealth. They were not so much concerned, and neither was Esau concerned so much about being the spiritual leader. They just wanted that power and that money to be passed on to them. But a little later on, Jacob... We know the story of of how the deception took place and finally Jacob had to leave home. Jacob desired that spiritual blessing. Take a look at Genesis 32, verses 24 through 30. Genesis 32, 24 through 30. 
Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Do you notice that while he was wrestling with this angel, actually he was wrestling with God himself, that he wanted, he would not let go until he received this time the spiritual blessing. That's what he wanted. He wanted to receive this blessing that he didn't receive really from his earthly father, but from his heavenly father was what he was longing for, this spiritual blessing to take place. The second blessing that come is given to other children in the family as well as the grandchildren. An example of that would be uh, later on when Jacob is older, and uh, he favored his younger son, Joseph. Before Jacob died, Jacob uh, called his son Joseph to him, and along with Joseph came his two younger sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And we find this in Genesis chapter 48, verses 1, 2, 8, 9, 15, and 16. Now it came to pass... After these things that Joseph was told, Behold, your father is sick. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, with him. And when it was told to Jacob, Behold, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel collected his strength and sat up in the bed. And when Israel saw Joseph's sons, that's his grandsons, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, that's that angel he wrestled with, bless the lads and may my name live on in them. And the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. He blessed his grandsons. Now we notice that he's doing this at the end of his life. It doesn't necessarily have to be the end of their life to go through the blessing. But it seems like in these biblical examples that's what has taken place. But the idea is the fact that he blessed them. And uh, he, he... wanted to bestow upon them the blessings that he himself had received, not only from his father, but also from the angel, from God, that he was with. 
Now the other children of Jacob was always jealous of Joseph. They clear back from a young age when they saw that uh, Jacob was paying Joseph uh, favoritism and being so kind and giving him this cult of this coat of many colors. They wanted to receive recognition from their father. They wanted to be blessed somehow and to have their own father say and do something for them. I want you to look at something in in. Uh, Genesis 37, verses 3 and 4. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a very colored, very colored tunic and his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. The reason why they lashed out at Joseph was because they had not received some type of recognition or blessing from their father. It seems like he was paying attention more to Joseph than he was to them. And that bothered them. It really wasn't Joseph that bothered them. It was the reaction of their father, the actions that he was doing, what he was doing all of their lives that bothered them. They wanted to receive a portion of what Joseph was receiving. And because of that, they were very sad. How many homes do we have where children are searching for recognition from their father but can't find it? That have been raised in their homes, and the fathers mean well. They don't mean to, to treat them any different than anyone else. But because of circumstances in life, the children are growing up looking for some type of recognition but it doesn't seem to be there. How many adult children are there who have grown up just wanting their father to appreciate who they are and to make some kind of a gesture to reveal his appreciation? They've wanted that all of their lives. Why can't they find that appreciation? Over 50% of our homes today are broken, and in many cases the fathers are no longer participating in the lives of their children. Or they, if they, they do participate, it's only for a short period of time. And sometimes it is from uh, continual neglect or favoritism, such was the case with Joseph, that uh, these children are growing up and feeling like their dad really doesn't care about them. But most of the times the fathers really, those of them who are home, who do have children, they're just too busy to pay much attention to their children. They think that since I am providing for my kids, since I am uh, keeping the roof over their head, that they should know that I appreciate them. This is my father. We went to the same barber. In our home, I was the third son of four boys. My oldest brother was ten years older than I was. My next oldest brother was five years older than I was. Then I came along, and then my younger brother was two and a half years younger. Mom said she couldn't wait another five years. My dad was a poor Kansas farmer who had to work hard in order to make ends meet. 
My brother said to me one time, he said, you know, I never realized it in growing up, but we were poor. Yes, we were poor. I remember as a five-year-old standing by our house and on a farm, watching the fields, watching my dad on the tractor, plowing back and forth about a mile away, and I was longing to be with him. But it was too far for me to go out there. And even if I went out there, I'd, I'd ask him, can I ride in the tractor with you? No, it's too dangerous. You need to go home with your mom. Really what I wanted to do is I wanted to be with him on the tractor. The tractor didn't make any difference. It was just being with him. Now don't get me wrong. My father was a great man, a great husband, a great father. And in his own way, he loved us. But he came from a home where his dad was not very affectionate. His dad was a very harsh man, never praised his ten children for their accomplishments, so my dad raised his boys the same way. Many times I felt the neglect of my father because he was working from early in the morning and would not come home until way late at night. Then he was too exhausted to do anything and he would go and he would clean up and he would crash in bed and get up and start the next day the same way. On the weekends, maybe he had the weekend off and he didn't have to be out on the tractor. Uh, when he was, he had a lot of other things at home that he had to, to pay attention to. These chores that needed to be done because the next week he would start back in his plowing and his farming again. And so he was a very busy person. One of the other things that he would do, he was the mechanic. He would take our old beat-up cars that uh, wasn't worth anything to anyone, and he would be working on them on the weekends just to keep them functioning so the families could, could keep going, and we could get to school, and my mom could get the groceries and whatever was needed. So he was constantly busy. We never went to church. So the spiritual blessing was non-existent in our home. And that's how I was raised. My father was too busy to come to any of the functions that took place at school. So he never saw any of my accomplishments as I went from grade to grade. As an adult, I had a deep, deep yearning for a better relationship with my father. I knew that he loved me. But there was something that was missing. I tried to do many things to try to make him proud of me. But all seemed to be no avail because he wouldn't share with me. He wouldn't say anything. It was as if I was just spinning my wheels. He would give me things. Like a lot of fathers that would think that if I give them little things, these little material things, it shows to them that I love and that I care about them. Let me tell you something. It's not material things, toys, or gifts that says I love you. It's the presence in the life of the person that says I love you. I can take you to Haiti, one of the poorest countries in the world, where they are so poor that they don't even know if they're going to exist the next day. But if you look at the little children, they have smiles on their faces. 
because they are with their family and they do things together as a family. So he would give me things thinking that that was a, a, a show of sign of his love and his affection. But I didn't want his material things. All children need is a blessing of acceptance from their father, a time of recognition, a time to have him listen to what you have to say, a time to say, I'm proud of you for being my son, a time where he can physically touch you, a time when you could even get to a point to pray together. One day, as I was going through a very, very rough time in my life, in my adult life. I was at my parents' home in order to have a momentary escape from the pressures from my problems. I needed advice, I needed guidance, and I needed reassurance. But instead of giving me those things, my dad, bless his heart, reached into his billfold and started pulling out money, and he says, how much do you need? I finally worked up enough courage. Even as an adult, sometimes you've got to work up the courage to speak to your own father because they've always been this towering figure over your head. I worked up enough courage and I said, Pop, we always called him Pop. I said, Pop, I don't need your money. I have money. And he looked at me with disgust and he says, Well, what do you expect from me? swallowed hard and I said pop all I want from you is a hug he looked at me kind of funny to me that physical touch and reassurance was the blessing that I had desired all of my life a hug from my father would have made Every problem in my life melt away because the man that I loved and tried to show my appreciation to, tried to get his recognition, the man that I admired a lot was the man that I needed to hug from. Very awkwardly, he raised up his arms and we embraced. I'll never forget that day as long as I live. An 80-year-old man hugging his almost 50-year-old son. But it felt good. Our relationship from that day forward became the best relationship that a son and a father could ever have. I saw my dad with a new light and a new appreciation. And he learned to express to me his appreciation of me. I bet that's what Jacob wanted from his father. A physical touch and the words of acceptance. I bet that's what, that's what Jacob's sons wanted from him, but he never got it from his dad and so it was a continuing thing that was passed down. And they were trying to get his recognition. And that's why they got into all kinds of trouble and lied and sold Joseph to, uh, to be a slave and lied to their dad and said that he died 
because they wanted the recognition of the father that was being given to Joseph. They didn't want him to have it. They wanted to have it. When you don't receive that recognition from your father, children will look to the world to try to find that void that is left within the heart. They will turn to some type of misconduct. Let me tell you about children. Children at a young age have always learned that if something is done wrong, that the parents get angry and that they're punished and then everything is okay. So when they feel the neglect from their fathers, they feel like I've done something wrong because he doesn't want me to be around. He doesn't want to, to accept me as his son. So I will lash out so that I can be punished by my father and then he'll accept me. It doesn't work. And so there are people who are lashing out, who are going through immorality, who are taking drugs and alcohol to fill the void that are inside of them. And all they really want is a recognition, a blessing from their father. And if they don't get it, they turn in, in they raise their children and they neglect them in the same way. And that cycle keeps going from generation to generation. Fathers, you have at your fingertips a solution for a better relationship with your children. In the Bible, a blessing is when the father physically lays his hands upon his children. It doesn't have to be just putting a hand on top of their head. It can be a hug. That means more to them than anything else. That physical touch is often neglected in our homes. The father then praises his child for his accomplishments. I recognize that you are doing well within this world. And then he expresses his, his desire and concern for the future. I don't want you to be like what I have had to go through. I want your life to be better. He focused their attention on the spiritual and the, the desire that they would be ready and have this relationship with God so that they could have eternal life. Those things must be in this blessing. That makes life feel complete when it comes from their father. A few days ago we were out for a walk and I was walking with our stepdaughter. I call her our daughter because uh, her, her father actually at a very young age abandoned the kids. And uh, there's not a relationship there. And we were out walking and she wanted to know what I was going to preach this Sabbath. And I told her. And you could see that she was saying, this is needed by all children. Because I have not received the attention or the love or the truth or the touch from my own father. And as we were walking along, and she said, oh, by the way. She says, mothers cannot give that blessing to those children. It has to come from the Father. And she's speaking from her own life of the husband that she's married with who neglects his kids. 
And she says, it's got to come from the Father itself. And as we were walking along, I, I turned and I looked at her and I said, Lori, I know I'm your stepfather. But I want you to know I see you as my real daughter. And I am very proud of you and your accomplishments in life. And I expect from you, I expect from you to be able to live and to continue to raise your kids and to teach them a life they need to go. And we prayed with each other the spiritual blessing. Do you know what happened? She then turned to me and she said, I am proud of the fact that you are my stepfather and I see you as my father. You could just see the relaxation on her body as, as she shared. She said, can you do one thing for me? And I said, what's that? Can you give the blessing that you have just now given to me, can you give that to my children, your grandchildren? So before we left, I took each one of the boys and I took them in a different room. I didn't do it all together. I did it separately. And I took them in. I took the youngest one. Now, I like to joke around with my youngest grandkids, and we often joke, and I often say, you know, Benji is the youngest boy. I said, Benji, it says in the Papa's book, page 23, and I turned to it, that Papas are supposed to tickle their grandsons. And Benji'd look up at me and he says, it says in the Benji book on page 29 that Papas are not to tickle Benjis. <laughs> so I took him to the other room. I said, Benji, you know what it says in the Papa book on page 49? It says, Papa's very proud of you. And I appreciate the fact that you're my grandson. And I am so grateful that you're doing well in school. And I just want you to know that I want you to remain in church and to receive the Lord's blessing because we all want to be together in heaven, don't we? Benji just smiles from, faith, from ear to ear. You could see him relax because he was accepted. I did that with Charlie. The 16-year-old, you know teenagers, you can't reach them, can you? Or can you? took the 16-year-old. He just turned 16 when, I was, when we were there. We celebrated his 16th birthday. We had a ball doing that. The day before I left, actually the, the morning we used to leave, he had to go to work. I got up real early in the morning because he had to leave at 6.30 in the morning. I got up real early in the morning and I went in the room. Bless his heart, he was reading his Bible. 16-year-old boy reading a Bible. That's why I'm proud of, of my stepdaughter because she has taught him the spiritual. And I went in and I talked to him and I said, Jacob, I want you to know that I'm very proud of you and your accomplishments that you have done in life. I'm proud of the fact that you're working, you're helping to pay off your school bill. I want you to know how much I appreciate you and how much I love you. And I just appreciate the fact that you are spiritually keeping your connection with God so that we can all be as a family together in heaven. That's the greatest gift that I could ever have would be to know that my children and my grandchildren are in heaven. 
when we get ready to leave and after I prayed with him, big old 16-year-old Jacob muscles like you wouldn't believe because he works out every day with the weights. He stands up and he says, Papa, can I give you a hug? And we embraced each other for a long time. I started to walk out of the room and I was walking out ahead of him because his, his stepfather was there and was going to take him to work and I was getting ready to go out ahead of him and I went around to where the stairs were that went downstairs and I stood there for a moment and he came around and he says, Papa, can I have another hug? And I gave him the second hug. And we held each other for a long time. See, that's what he needed. And so I followed him down the stairs and we went to the door. I'm still in my pajamas. He's getting ready to go out. He steps outside the door and I'm going to close it. And as I'm getting ready to close the door, he turns around and he says, Just a moment. I thought he forgot something. He steps back in and he reaches up and he hugs me the third time. And he says, Papa, I love you. That's the blessing. Fathers, do you see what I say? You may think that you have the best family in the world, and Father knows best. But what happens to maybe some of you that doesn't have a father in the picture anymore, male or female? What if something has happened to break up that happy home and they're not there? Does that mean that you can't receive the blessing at all? Does that mean that, that it's gone for you forever? The Bible often talks about the church helping the widows and the whom? The fatherless. God expects the church to then become the fathers for those children who have been neglected, no matter what age. We're all children of God. And because we're the children of God, Mark 10, it says, and they were bringing the children to him, that's to Jesus, the mothers, so that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to them, to such as these. Truly I say to you, whosoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and he began blessing them, laying his hands upon them. The Lord blessed them. Their fathers should have been doing that, but for some reason or other they weren't, and so the mothers were bringing the children to Jesus, and he blessed them. And because we are the royal priesthood of believers, we should be doing the same thing. For Galatians says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So it is a responsibility for us to be able to do it. Now we've got to be careful, because we cannot as fathers just single ourselves out to just a certain number of kids that could set up problems. One of the pastors that took my place in Manhattan, Kansas, singled out a young boy told the church family that this young boy was, was uh, without a father and he needed a father figure. And so he said, I as a pastor am going to be the father figure for them. And he molested the boy. 
So we've got to be careful that we don't set things up, things like that. But as a group, do you know why we have pathfinders? Pathfinders is so men and women can come and be a blessing to those kids. To teach them, to help them to trust, and to help them to learn the spiritual. Everything that you have is a blessing. We should be working together. And so we need to work together as a church family to be able to reach out to these individuals. The gift that keeps on giving is for all of us to take time to bless our children and our grandchildren and to bless the children of our church, whether they're young or whether they're old. It makes no difference. We all need to receive that blessing of acceptance. Brothers and sisters, there's probably someone here that has been neglected from the time of their youth and have been desiring and looking for some type of acceptance and has turned to many things of the world and it hasn't brought them any more happiness than anything else. But they feel like they need to have that acceptance and recognition in life. I understand that. I've been there. If you desire such a blessing, I want you, when we sing our last song, is to slip out of your comfortable pew and come to the front. We're going to have that blessing. And I'm asking all the elders of the church to come forward and to help me because we're going to, and even if you're not an elder of this church, but an elder of some other church, some other place, or at some other time, I want you to come forward because we're going to lay our hands upon these individuals as we seek God's blessing. You're not only looking for a blessing for yourself, but then you then will be a blessing to someone else, probably your own children or grandchildren. But you've got to experience it yourself first. And so I want, as we sing, you've got the handout in your bulletin, uh, make me a blessing. As we sing this song, I want you, if you feel that you need to have that blessing upon you, to come forward and come up here and the elders to come up here and we're going to have that prayer of blessing to take place. Let's stand and sing this song, Make Me a Blessing, as you come forward for prayer.
to come and to have a blessing. Maybe there's a female who has tried all their lives to get the acceptance of their father and they weren't able to get it. And they just feel that they need to have this blessing and this prayer for them. I want you to come forward. Little ones as well too. Let's sing the second verse. Tell us something within their life. There's just something that's not quite right. And you want us to pray for you. Please come out of your seat and to come here as we sing the last verse. Give as was I want those who are in the congregation to reach out and to grab a hold of someone else's hand that's there next to you. I want you to be all connected as a family as we pray together. We want to feel that touch that is so neglected in this world today or so misunderstood or so misused in this world today. Let's just put our hands on them. Lord, we pray for the blessing of our God and Father, the, the Father of, of our fathers, Abraham, Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, all those in the biblical times, of our Savior Jesus Christ, who reached out and blessed little children. 
We pray that you touch the hearts that are here right now. We're so proud of these individuals because they have made a stand. They've been missing something. And they've made a stand to come forward and to receive that blessing from upon high. Their life is not only precious to us as church family, but is precious to you in the heavenly family. And you don't want anyone to be missing because they feel neglected. We don't want, we don't mean to neglect, we don't mean to get so busy within our lives, it just happens. And we're proud of each one here because we're making ourselves available to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now. Make us a blessing to someone else today as we reach out to them, as we reach out to the fatherless, whether they're small children or whether they're old, whether they're being neglected, whether they're just confused. May we share with them the blessing that we've received here today. And may we all unite together in that heavenly kingdom is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and be with you and to guide you and to give you peace.